Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall, who is in a very irritable mood <laughs> because everything's just not been working. Wi-Fi is rubbish. Phones are rubbish. Laptop. When was pen and paper abandoned? <laughs> like, what's the point? I've got two men with us tonight who, who know all about pen and paper. I suppose laptops more. Uh, Johnny, a familiar face from the Off Grid website, join us as per usual. However, we have a new face joining us this evening, a face that you may know from the NFL UK. That is Andrew Gamble, Gamble, author of The Special Relationship, The History of American Football in the UK, which I'm sure we'll be talking about this, uh, a bit this evening. However... Me and Johnny have both spotted it. There's a, a, a Patriots jersey hanging <laughs> behind you, Andrew. Um, how you been getting on, my man? And also, you know, how, how your Pat's been doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, thank you, man. It's good to be back on the show. We've got that whole kind of revamped new uh, intro. We love to see it. Let's yeah. go. We're in big um, time over here, yeah. man. Big time. <laughs> Let's go. That's why we need the laptops working. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Like the NFL games, obviously, we're all over here in the UK. Just had the Munich games. So it's been um, pretty hands on deck, I guess, for, for NFL people, NFL content creators in the UK. But um, yeah, really good. And, and as you mentioned, Patriots, I mean, it's been a surprisingly good season. I can't lie. I did not think it would be five and four, or at least I had little hope that it would be five and four kind of <laughs> heading into heading into week eleven. So we absolutely love to see it. Um, I think we were talking about it a bit before the show. Like the AFC East has just like come out of nowhere. It's just been this to be roguely the strongest division in in the conference, which I don't think anyone really had predicted going into the into the year. But the NFL has been unbelievable this season once again. It always is. So it's well, we'll see what happens going forwards. But it's yeah, the greatest the greatest league in the world. AFC East, Johnny. I mean, that must make your ears prick up when saying about the best division because the strong New England Patriots, the strong Miami Dolphins, the strong Buffalo Bills. And that's got to be said, the strong New York Jets. They are really coming from somewhere. I mean, a lot of the talk, obviously, about your draft and that. But even every week, it feels like whenever we get you on, it's just another like, you must be feeling good about it at the minute. So I have a conversation with you. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. I'm obviously so pleased about how the Jets have performed this this season. I think I was a little pessimistic at the start of the year. Didn't really know how everything would click um, year one after the you know the, the, the super draft class that we had uh, this year. But yeah, the East. Um, I think everyone from both the AFC East and the NFC East could make the playoffs <clears throat> um, this this season, which. I think if you, if you bet on that a couple of years ago, um, you, yeah, you'd be getting a lot of money. Um, yeah, at the end of the season, it's been a, yeah, it's been a brilliant season, especially for, for the AFC um, East teams. Uh, the Dolphins looking looking brilliant as well, um, mm. and the Bills just a little bit of a, a bump in the road maybe, but um, but yeah, they're still the juggernaut. I think that um, that everyone seems to be catching uh, in the division. It's funny how a bump in the road turns into like Josh Allen's trash. He's never been good. <laughs> Like I, he's still the MVP for me. I think he's been absolutely fantastic this year. But yeah, there was definitely a bit of a bump in the road for the Bills at the minute. However, I, I am a I'm a very happy Pittsburgh Steelers fan this weekend this week because obviously a nice little win against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Not the prettiest of wins, I must say. But and Adam Ag, one of my co-hosts on the Sunday preview show, but I did. He was very much back in the uh, Steelers. I was not. I was back in the Saints. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with that win as well. However. One thing that I did predict on Sunday is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington Commanders. And though I think predict may be a strong word, both me and Adam did pick the (laughs) win. But we both did say, Andrew, that if there was ever a game, Monday night, late game, divisional rival, you can't win them all. 
this was going to be the game that was going to be lined up, right? And that the Commanders went out and won. Um, can't remember what the final score was. Now, 32 to 21, obviously, a score a bit more bloated because the last play of the game, Eagles mess around with it. Commanders get the defensive touchdown to, to win out the game. Some dodgy calls, I've been told, in the game as well. But, uh, Andrew, have you caught the game? And, and what do you think this, uh, of this Eagles run that has now come to an end? I mean, it was obviously a, a great run. I don't think anyone thought the Philadelphia Eagles would be 8-0 heading into the head of this deep in the season. So, I mean, obviously, it's a great season for them so far. I don't think this changes too much. It's just more of like a... Because there were whispers, weren't there, starting to come mm. and people being like, could they, could they go the whole season? Like, could <laughs> they do it? And it was just like, okay, well, you know, their schedule obviously looked a bit nice, but we, we, we see this happen every you know, year in, year out, yeah. where a team goes on run and then people start suggesting things and it doesn't happen. So... No, I don't think it changes too much for the Eagles. I think they've had a great season so far. They can continue to do that. They're, they've got play, players all over that team that are just like unbelievable. Um, probably the best like starting roster in the in the NFL, to be honest, pound for pound. They're pretty, uh, they're ridiculously strong, and they've proved that with their results. In terms of what you were saying, like with the Commanders, man, like this, the Commanders have that in them, though, don't they? Where they have mm. it in them, where they can turn up in big games. That defense is mean. Shout out FA Obada. Let's go represent. <laughs> and then, but like. You know that that they and Taylor Heineke has a, an upset in him every year. He does it every year. I like mm. it's how he keeps his job. I swear to God, is he just pulls an unreal win out the bag. Um, so I think uh, the Commanders. It was. It, I would. I don't think. I don't think I predicted it um, going into it. But the Commanders do this, man. I think was it two years ago they beat the the unbeaten Steelers. They let your eleven and no Steelers. Mm. I think lost to Washington as well. So. It happens. This is the Washington of that kind of team, and uh, it was good. It was a good game. I think. The referee call, I mean, it was the, I think, I guess it was the one that everyone will think about was the, the Heineke, like roughing the passer. Um, it was very soft. I think when you look at it in slow motion, it looks really bad. But you look at it quickly, you're like, he's kind of trying to buy it. And I think the Eagles guy, uh, the Eagles player, I think it was Brandon Graham, um, I think just gives him a little bit, he almost gives him the foul. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's mm. the play feels dead and he does it and it's just a, it's soft, but it's kind of what the rule is nowadays, isn't it? So it's it's one of those ones um, where Eagles fans will feel aggrieved. Uh, Commanders fans will, I nearly called them the bad word there. The Commanders fans will, uh, <laughs> will um, Commanders fans will obviously do what Heineke did and, you know, fist pump after he got the penalty. But uh, it is what it is. It was a good game, a really good game. And again, shows that the NFL is completely and totally wild. I'm really sure that it was Heineke who beat the Steelers as well. Well, maybe it was someone else. I can't remember now, but I do feel it like it was the commanders that, that did beat. But you did make a good point, Andrew, and uh, onto you, Johnny. I suppose every year we have this Cardinals last year, the Steelers the year before that. Like it was, we always have these teams that go on this and beat and run. The only thing I would say is with this Eagles team, I think they're a lot more better and more rounded and more complete than the Cardinals team of last year and the Steelers team of the year before that went on these beat and runs. Even though the Eagles have lost this game and probably will lose more games before the season's out, do you still fancy them for the NFC Championship? Because they look like a team that could go there. I know the playoffs, anything can happen, but they do look like a team that has really got it going together at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you're right to point out the you know the difference between the Steelers uh, and the Cardinals of the, the couple of years. Who I think both went seven or eight to no, um, you know after 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 that many uh, weeks of the season. I think the Eagles are, are ten times better than um, mm. and than those teams, and they've got a really complete roster. They've done fantastically well in in building that team. I just think this is 
you know, like the Bills, are a little bit of a, a bump in the road. Uh, silly mistakes um, and, and penalties that went against them, I think, cost them uh, quite dearly last night. Um, you know, they couldn't get uh, AJ Brown in the game. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, I'm really pleased with the commander's defence because, you know, I've been saying for a while they are a team who have perhaps been underperforming in the last couple of years, um, have a, a really solid unit with Chase Young obviously coming back um, next week. So for them to get the win and, and to see, you know, the, the emotion on um, Ron Riviera after his, you know, his personal sort of tragedy over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it was great to see. And for the, you know, for both teams, I think they'll they'll be both in, in the playoffs, um, looking at the commanders um, uh, running for the rest of the season. Um, I could see them, you know, perhaps pushing the the nine and eight um, or, or even, you know, it's obviously a very difficult divi division um, the NSEs, but um, they're well in with a chance. Um, and the Eagles, yeah, I, I, I completely expect them to to go on and win um, at least 13, 14 games. Looking mm. at the schedule, I think, um, um, if I'm right in saying, yeah, they'll, they'll be easily the favourites for, for, for every um every you know remaining fixture that they've got um so yeah i i fully expect them to to go all the way to the nfc championship um who are they face perhaps the vikings who knows mm. that's an interesting one sure i was going to definitely segue at some point to both of your teams but i've just realized that both of your teams are on a buy so what poor week to have both of you on we can't really talk about your teams who are playing um i mean that's that's probably a good segue to go on to the vikings bills game i mean whirlwind of a game whirlwind Andrew I mean game of the year so far it's got to be up there right I think it's one of those it was one of those matches I think the moment when you know Kirk Cousins they go I mean oh no let's go back let's go back okay so in the fourth quarter right it was Justin Je let's go Justin Jefferson's catch the mm. fourth and 18 that might be the best catch Insane. I've ever seen live it was absolutely wild it was the play where it's like the play where you throw it on madden right and spam triangle right and they do this stupid <laughs> spectacular catch and everyone's like this game is unrealistic like that was exactly <laughs> what, what, what that catch was um i mean justin jefferson man is he the best receiver in the league man i think, I think he should be in this conversation like he is so good and i've been on his bandwagon for a while now and it's just so great to see him falling out like week after week um and then after that like they got all the way down to the the one yard line kirk cousins did his uh, probably the worst QB sneak ever, by the way. But like, they won the game, so we can we can ignore that. Um, but he did that QB sneak, and that the fumbled snap. I don't think I've ever. Oh. It was just I was like, it was. Oh my! I can't even put it into words. I'm struggling to put it into words. It was just like one of the most chaotic endings to a game. Of course, then 40 seconds left on the clock was still not enough. <laughs> oh, sorry, it was still mm -hmm. enough for Josh Allen to just march downfield and get the field goal with the dodgy Gabe Davis catch. So more controversy, and then overtime happened and Josh Allen has failed in overtime again so so many narratives like coming out of this game it was just unbelievable it was a great advert I feel like we get one game every week nowadays which is just like an unbelievable advert for the NFL um the NFL must be loving it honestly week in week out I swear to god it gets more fans it's it's just unbelievable how oh just incredible it is and then that match absolutely game of the year I think it's up there Falcons Panthers maybe from a couple of weeks ago could be in with a shout mm. but no uh, Oh, you never know though. That was a, it was an unbelievable, especially the fourth quarter was just ridiculous. I mean, my partner's a Vikings fan, and I admit she's a fleeting Vikings fan. You know, she takes interest here and there with the NFL. And I said, oh, the Vikings game was on later against the Bills, and she knows she's seen the Bills play. We watched them against the Dolphins in Miami, so she knows the Bills and everything like that. And we watched the game, and I I felt so because I was being I was being like the stupid NFL fan. <laughs> 
Like, cause like I was like, you, I was like, it's QB sneak here. It's going to go QB sneak. Like you could win the game here. It'd be a really great win. He sneaks in. And then I didn't like really clock the cl- like the clock the clock. I was just like, oh yeah, they've won this game. Like it's only like that many seconds left. They, they must have done that. And then they came back out, and I was like, oh wait, no, they can drive down the whole field. And she she's cheering and celebrating, and I'm and then going, well, what do you mean they could still win? There's like forty seconds. I'm like, well yeah, but they they could feasibly win. And then and then he snaps the ball, and it goes all crazy. I'm like, no, you've definitely won now. <laughs> and then she's like, well that's great. And then obviously Alan drives all the way down the field, and I'm like, "Oh wait, uh, no, you're not going to win this. It's going to go down." She's like, "What? What is it? I don't. What? What are you giving me here? We've what, she's elated one minute and then nervous the next. Most most excited she's been about a game ever. It was really fantastic to watch it. And then we watched the overtime together, and it was getting a bit later. And we're very much we're both up early for us, so very much people go to bed at nine nine thirty. I know it's early to a lot of people, but that's just that's the life we lead. And you know, it's getting to like ten o'clock and. It's going to go, and then the Pat P interception at the end to win the game. And I was like, no, you, you've won the game now. And she's almost going like, I, 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 I don't know, I've said this to me like three times now in this game, but we've won. And I'm like, no, no, you've generally, this is, you've won the game. Um, a whirlwind of an emotion from us on the sofa, I suppose. Um, but Johnny, I mean, the Vikings, Adam and mine's argument going into Sunday was, I said the Vikings, you know, 7-1, really going here, really rolling. And his argument was, they've not beaten anyone. Yeah. Not, the only team they've come up against for them good, they lost to. Does this put a bit of an exclamation point now that the Vikings should be, that will be in the conversation of the NFC Championship? Because, like Andrew just rightly said, Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the league for me at the minute. He's fantastic. Dalvin Cook is up there as a top five running back. Yes, hasn't performed to the highest level this year. But it's still incredible. The defense doesn't have any. It has a few names, but it's not known as like a cohesive unit and has the depth like the Eagles have. Um, Kirk Cousins not exactly a wondrous QB. However, we've seen worse QBs win the Super Bowl. That must be said. Um, what do you think? What more have the Vikings got to do for them to be like? No, we're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I think what, what more have they got to do? I think it it does all boil down to to Kirk Cousins. I think mm. all their star players had brilliant games at the weekend. Justin Jefferson, we've mentioned, who is just sensational. That, yeah, that catch was unbelievable. For me, he's probably the, the offensive player of the, uh, the year so far. Yeah. Um, him and Tari Kill. Um, he's, you know, he's kept them in games um, with, with you know, his plays this season. Dalvin Cook, you mentioned, uh, put up, I think, over 100 yards at the weekend. And we got the full Kirk Cousins you know, experience. His, <laughs> it's it's, his, an up, it's I mean, an up and downhill battle. <laughs> the way they came back from the game was, you know, sensational. But, you know, they could have been dead and buried and probably should have been dead and buried going into the third quarter. Um, so, you know, everyone turned up in, in the, uh, uh, all the offensive players turned up in the, in, the, um, in the second half and on the defence as well with uh, Patrick Peterson getting, I think, got a couple of, well, he got the game-winning um, interception, but I think he got a couple, um, didn't he? So, yeah, the Vikings, like the Eagles, have a fairly weak uh, remaining schedule. Um, I think from looking at it just before this, um, they'll be favourites in, I think, every single one of the remaining games, uh, perhaps maybe not against the, the Cowboys this weekend. Um, so, you know, to be 8-1 and one and still having doubters, I think that's 
fairly unjustified. It doesn't matter how you know poorly you're playing. If you you know, I can see this Vikings team like the Eagles winning 12, 13 games this season. Um, and for that, you know, you, you, you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. Um, and you know, the, obviously the postseason can will look after itself, and everyone needs to step up on them individual games. Um, but um, but yeah, at this stage of the season. To be a Vikings fan, it would be, you know, looking at your team um, and the results that you've got, you must be very, very happy. Um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm all in on on the Vikings. I think they're a genuine Super Bowl contender. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what they're like when it comes to the real sort of business um, in the postseason. Yeah, I think yeah. I think, I think think it's interesting as well with the Vikings because they're, they're such a – I think the reason why a lot of people are not necessarily, like, chucking them in that Super Bowl contention bubble or, or at least are hesitant to is, is I think they've won seven games or seven of their eight wins have been in one-score games. Right, so it's not like they're beating these teams convincingly. Like they're just getting over the line. So I think people are waiting for them to just like blow out a few teams and get the ball rolling. But as as Johnny as you're saying, like it doesn't matter how they get the win, right? If they if they're getting it done, they're getting it done, and and that's what that's what Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are doing. It's it's fun to watch. Well, I, I think being a Patriots fan like you are was the Brady era in them last few years. You consistently won got to Super Bowls. I don't remember any real explanation point games for the Patriots in any of them seasons. You just like you just said that they got the job done, and yeah. and and that's what I was saying to my partner. So I was like, we we could go to the Super Bowl, and I was like, well, let's <laughs> pump the brakes here. There's a lot. <laughs> lot to go. And I looked at their fixtures, and I was like, you, you've really not beaten teams well, no. but you're winning. It doesn't that, that doesn't really matter when you're winning games, and it, it comes to the playoffs. It, it can be anybody's game, can't it? At that point, when it when when you get to there, the first round buy, I think, is imperative for them. I think to have that first round buy, whether they get it or not, is is, is remains to be seen. Um, Andrew, the Bills, two back to back losses, Jets, the Vikings. Is it panic stations for them? Um, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think it's. I, I mean, I'd be, you know, if you're Sean McDermott, maybe you have a have a word with Josh Allen and say, you know. You've you've gone you've gone like a full year, right? He's got a full kind of twelve month period without doing these kind of crazy plays that he kind of was a bit more accustomed to at the start of his career, where he'd just throw kind of a bit more, I don't know, for lack of a better word, maybe like boneheaded picks. You know what I mean? Like you, you try and play hero ball, um, kind of like Aaron Rodgers, you know, for the last ten years or so, or or, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, even a nice little dig at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I, I don't even. I, yeah. Well, no, I do mean it as a dig, but I, it's. it's <laughs> It's one of those ones, like, but you do see it with quarterbacks, like when they when they start to almost believe the hype a little bit. Like, I think Mahomes almost, like, I mean, it's difficult mm. with Mahomes because he still gets the results. But even with Tyreek Hill, right, like last season, there would be times where he would almost just go, like miss his first few reads and just go for the, the crazy deep Madden ball, you know, like make it look sick on the highlights and that kind of thing. And I just feel like, I feel like Josh Allen maybe has gone into that trap a little bit. It's not. It's not. It's not. No, it's not necessarily like a, a panic station or anything. I think he's thrown four picks last last two weeks. Uh, I think three of them have been in the red zone. So it's yeah. It's 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 not something to like freak out about. But maybe just be like, I'm sure McDonald's has a quiet word with him. Just be like, dude, it's cool. We got a we got a really good team. You know, you don't need to do it all the time. And I, I you know, it's not the playoffs yet. Like, it, if he's making these kind of plays in the playoffs, but when the game and the season's on the line, absolutely fine. Um, but no, it's it's two weeks in a row. I'm I'm sure they'll be absolutely fine. He's still absolutely, if not the MVP front runner, he's still very much firmly in in that that group, right? So, 
I don't really think they have they have anything to worry about going forward. They might maybe as well have a little bit of concern because the FC East is looking ridiculous, like weirdly strong. Um, and maybe maybe they'll be concerned that if Miami keep winning and, and whatnot, then you know they might not win the division, which would be a, a, a blow really to to them yeah. there and their their confidence really, if anything. Um, but no, no. To, to summarize, no, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be panicking if if I was Buffalo Bills just yet. That's yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Sorry, Blaine, Freddie, but yeah, I think the the main problem it, for them is is you know how the rest of the the division really does you know the path ahead. Buffalo sit third currently in the NFC East um, with the Dolphins and Jets having you know brilliant years. Josh Allen, so, subtle flex from yeah. just got to get it in every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, if that was what it was at the end of the season, that'd be that'd be brilliant. But um, but yeah, I think the Bills, you know, from what they looked like early on, the, the squad that they have, they've had a couple of games where you know a couple of plays either either way could have gone their way and they would have won, uh, you know, both games. So I don't think it's time to panic. Um, the defense was looking really good. I thought, um, you know, at stages um, against the Vikings. And I think Josh Allen's inceptions, you know, some of his his play calling um, was partially to blame. But um, but yeah, he's he's still for me the best player. In, well, one of if not the best players in the league. Um, and it's just it just all comes down to about that 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 first round bye in the playoffs. I'd hate you know for the Bills as you know <laughs> as as much as they're a divisional rival, but they're a fantastic team to to watch. Um, Josh Allen, fantastic player to watch. Um, but for them to go out to the Chiefs, you know, before getting to an AFC Championship game would be would be heartbreaking. So yeah, they just need to go go back to the drawing board, um, continue what they're doing, and um, yeah, they'll 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 be winning, you know, twelve thirteen games this season, um, yeah. no problem. Yeah, you know, Zach Wilson, though, beating the Bills on a Monday and banging his best mate's mum on a Monday. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the true, he's the true hero here. Um, one point I will make that is interesting, because Andrew, you said it, and I said it loads last year, and I always felt really awkward saying it because I sounded like I was just being, like, complacent and an idiot. But I said it so many times last year. Mahomes, stop trying to do Mahomes things. Just do basic things. Like, get the basics right and then do your other hero stuff that you're very famous for when you need it. And I get where you're coming from with, the, with Alan there. Is there always an expectation to be this, you know, inspirational, amazing, sensational quarterback? When you're like, well, no, winning's getting the basics done. And then everything on top of that is, is amazing. But if you're not getting your basics done right, then that's where the problem was. And that's what I felt like back with Mahomes last year. I was like, yeah, every time I was just trying to side arm it, arm it and do these breaking the pocket and doing all these I was like, no, just just do the check. It's it's not cool or sexy, but checking down <laughs> for four yards with, hey, that's, gets you gets you down the it gets, I guess you gets you seven rings. I guess you seven rings, baby. Tom Brady, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Let's check that ball down. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Diggs is no Wes Welker. That is, yeah. that, that's it. That's, <laughs> um, if it isn't this game, it's going to be the game of the year. The way that these two teams are playing, even though one's three and six and one's three and seven, they might be in a game of the year soon because the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears, they, they might be bad, but they how do they put on a performance? Both of them teams, we got partially because they can't defend at all, neither team. Yeah. But they seem to have this explosion on offense week on week. The Lions beat the Bears 31 to 30. Really close game. Um, Andrew, Justin Fields, just 
He's lying up for the Bears, right? I mean, I've had a, te- I had a text from a, a, when the Bears came over to uh, for the UK game for the first game at Spurs, which was against the Raiders, was like two, three years ago now. I got friendly with some of the Chicago guys, and there's a, a guy over in Chicago I message occasionally throughout the season. Um, really nice bloke, and he, he texted me after the game going, I think we've got our franchise quarterback now. And I was like, because you've just given him the freedom to play, and it yes. feels like that freedom is now, he's really controlling his narrative there in Chicago, Justin Fields. Absolutely. I have been honestly tearing my hair out over the last like year watching watching them play. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Right? I think it was like week three or something. I had the Sunday off and I was having a few beers watching it with my with one of my mates and we were watching Fields play and we started talking about, you know, the Bears and Justin Fields. And I was like, it's funny because he's he's getting a lot of flack, right? This is at the start of the season. He was getting a lot of criticism and, you know, people saying they should move off him and stuff like that. And I was just like, but like you can clearly see that there's the player there. Mm. The scheming from the, the Bears offense was appalling. Like, why are you getting the, a guy who's kind of, I won't put him on the same level as Lamar Jackson, but I mean, the last few games, he's mm. been at that kind of level. A guy who's in the mold of Lamar Jackson, why are you trying to play him like he's like he's Brady or Herbert or something? You know what I mean? Like They're trying to keep him in the pocket and just launch the ball. And it's just like, if you play to your strengths, do the RPOs, do the play actions, get that all going. And we've seen, well, last last couple of weeks, we've seen that. It's all Detroit. He was unbelievable again. Um, through, yeah, through that pick six as well. But, you know, it, it happens, right? It's It's not... The Bears aren't going to win the win anything this season. It's just nice to be watching Justin Fields' progression, right? So, I think a couple of weeks ago against Miami, he was absolutely unbelievable. I think it was an NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback, and it felt like the first time he was allowed to run. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's no, I agree. I I absolutely agree. I think I think Justin Fields is is the guy. I think he is a franchise quarterback. I think he just needs to be schemed around, which makes a ton of sense. And I don't know how it's taken this long for a professional NFL team to figure this out. <laughs> but um, but here we are. Considering the millions they get paid. like And, and like and it, you are right in that sort of Lamar level of running, but with a way better arm. Like yeah. he's, got a, he's got an incredible arm compared to Lamar. Um, on the flip side, Johnny with the Lions, not got a particularly athletic quarterback with a kind of an arm. But but have had but have got players that can move the can move the needle. I mean, getting rid of T.J. Hawkinson, some people's eyebrows are up about that. Some people, I, I know Lions fans who like that, that was fine by me. Um, I mean, I mean, they're winning games and, and they're in high scoring games. I say winning games one three, but you know they're in they're in high scoring games at least. What what more the Lions need to do probably next year to sort of progress. Yeah, I think. I mean, I've been really enjoying actually watching Jared Goff over the last. Um, mm. You know. Parts this season, he's obviously not going to be their franchise quarterback going forward. I think that's um, you know over the you know the next year, next two years, they'll hopefully have a new college quarterback in. Um, and I think that's that's the ultimate sort of thing is, is, is just rally around this, this you know um, this this franchise player. Um, they've still got you know a fair few holes on the roster, but fantastic. You know it's great to see Jeff Akuda get that pick six. Um, he's sort of coming into his own a little bit, um, and obviously um, Alan Ross and uh, Sam Brown um, put up another great great game. He's turning into a, a top ten wide receiver. We've got Jameson Williams, I think, um, coming back in December. Um, from what um, what we said uh, the last couple of days, so yeah, they've got players all over. Um, they just need to sort out the defense. Um, you know, it's exciting to watch. I was watching the, the highlights of this game and just kept seeing on on red zone. Just mm-hmm. the amount of scoring plays was yeah sensational. But um, but yeah, they just need their their Justin Fields. I think um, 
Uh, Goff is controlled as he looked, I think, at times on on um, on Sunday and, and previously. Um, yeah, he's not going to be the man going forward. Um, but I think, yeah, for the rest of the season, um, it'll just be looking to get you know a few more wins under the belt. Um, you know, one of my predictions before the season that they were going to go on a, a big charge and maybe make the playoffs. Don't think that's obviously going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, they just need to sort out um, their defense and uh, yeah, a couple more wins. Um, I think that'll be a very, very successful and productive season for Detroit. In the NFC, you know, in their division, they wouldn't if they got near, nearly won most of their games in the second half, they'd be pushing. It would take a collapse from the East, admittedly, but the Packers ain't doing anything. Um, it would be interesting, uh, to say the least. Um, one final point on NFL, then we'll move on to uh, the, your book, Andrew. Um, Raiders, again, another loss, 25-20 against the Colts, which on the opposing side got rid of their coach, brought in Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday gave her a speech which would make you run for a wall. Josh McDaniels, though, 2-7. and seven. Mike Davis has come out. I think I saw a tweet today and reinforced that he is the guy. We've heard this before in every single sport about he's that guy we're committed to him. Um, I mean, alarm bells ringing. It's got to be the knocking at the door soon. For for McDaniel's, I th- I think when you look at like the hype that was surrounding the Raiders going into the season, it's just been this has been an unprecedented disaster. Like this is just they are bad at play at moving the ball outside of really Devontae Adams. So teams just basically scheme. Oh, and Josh Jacobs. To be fair, shout out Josh Jacobs. He's actually had a great season. Um, been pretty poor the last couple of weeks, but he's had a good season. Raiders though, in general, I mean, they're just. <laughs> They're so bad at holding leads. I don't know how many times they've blown a lead this season. Um, I know a lot of their losses have been have been close, and I guess that's what Mark Davis might might be alluding to when he says, you know, Josh Daniel, Josh McDaniels is the guy. Oh, but this is his second run at head coaching job, and this is actually going it's going worse than the first one, and the first one was bad. So yeah. I I I don't know if he is the guy. I mean, we'll see we'll see how the the rest of the season pans out. I mean, losing to Jeff Saturday a week after he's tweeted. The Raiders are horrible, and then he, <laughs> and then he gets hired and beats the Raiders on a Sunday. That is just oh, that is you can't make that up. Like that is ridiculous, <laughs> um, and that's gonna it's gonna hurt. And then Jim Irsay, I think, tweeted as well saying just win, baby. So like they they they're in the mud, really. Um, but I mean, look, I I don't know. Going forward, the they've they're clearly in need of something. You know, I I was a big I'm a big fan of, of Derek Harbour. He's not looked the same this season. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if the O line's been worse. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't seem like it's been worse. It just feels like it's just not. It doesn't feel like it's clicked. And you see flashes of it in these games, which I think gets them the lead. And then whether it's a mentality problem or a personnel problem, they just uh, they let the wheels fall off. And and and, and that's it. They they let it happen. Like it's not like the other team have necessarily come up come up and taken it. Um, the Raiders are very much at fault for a lot of their losses. So. Ah, oh, it's a really. I think if you're a Raiders fan, it's a tough year. I think the hope as well. That's got to be. That's got to be the killer. Total franchise reset, Johnny. Got to be. Yeah, reset there. It's, it, it's really sad to see. I think obviously all the excitement over the Raiders in the last. Well, you know, last season, get I think it was Derek Carr's first playoff, um, within yeah. Uh, First playoff game, um, getting there for the first time in ten years. Um, obviously bringing in Devontae Adams, um, and yet you know having a new coach um, in a new city, a newish city. Um, things are looking really positive. I thought for the, for the Raiders, it just hasn't clicked. There's, there is something that's just not working with the play calling and, and, and Derek Carr. Um, I think you, you know and. 
obviously looking back at the last couple of um, last couple of years in terms of their their roster building, particularly through the drafts, has been been pretty poor. Um, mm. So you know to get excited about going into next year's drafts would be you know quite um, yeah yeah. It's just it's it, it's really frustrating, I think, for for, for Vegas fans because there is so much so much there. Um, um, on the team, Josh Jacobs, yeah, having a great year. Hopefully, he he can come back. I think they'll regret that um, the, uh, contract decision um, last year. Obviously, Devonte Adams, but he's you know getting older. He's wasted another year. It's it's one of those where the Raiders are the worst team in the NFL, um, and just praying I think to get it right in, in the draft next year um, and have a complete reset. I think that's that's what's needed, um, and I think it's just a matter of time before. Um, Josh McDaniels is, um, is is on his way out, unfortunately. Yeah, tough time to be a Raider fan at the minute. No uh, sympathy for my man Tinch on the fantasy show who rinses me every week about my fantasy <laughs> team and how bad I am. So it's all come back. Karma's come back to hit him. Um, but we were remiss not having you on, Andrew, and talking about the, your book that has launched recently, The Special Relationship, The History of American Football in the UK by Andrew Gamble. Um, tell us a little bit about the book. Obviously, don't tell us everything about the book because we need to go buy it and read it all about it obviously um but what is it exploring um in, in detail of the history of american football in the uk obviously um and, and yeah it gives a bit of bit of insight of what you've uh what you've been doing yeah i mean it's um it's it's basically it's just it kind of encapsulates the deceptively interesting i guess history of american football in the uk it's it's it was surprising i think when i when i started researching it, i didn't realize like how actually interesting some of the like stories the anecdotes and stuff that i found some of the like, the, re the research was obviously the most fun part of the book i mean uh, writing the book and and yeah i mean like the first section goes about the first section goes sort of starts from all the way back to 1910 which is when there was the first kind of official game of american football um in, in london in crystal in crystal palace um and yeah it goes all the way first section goes all the way to 2007 um, kind of tells the history of the UK, touching on, you know, the 1980s, the rise of like Channel 4, uh, the monarchs represent. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, like NFL Europe, World League of Football. And it touches on all of that and how, how it's all kind of brilliantly intertwined. Um, so there's a kind of a middle section which talks about every, uh, all the 30 matches that were played uh, in London for the international series up until 2021. Obviously don't have the 2022 games in. Um, and then the last section talks about 20 of the, the well, the 20 British players that have ever played in the NFL. So managed to speak to a few of them and get their stories about how they managed to get there. Uh, and some of the backstories are just unbelievable. So, yeah, um, just it was an amazing thing to, to do. And I'm, I'm glad it's, it's, had a, it's had a decent reception. So we take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, massive congratulations on, on the book. And, and yeah, it's um, I'm going to be giving it a, a good read and, and looking forward to the future as well, I think. Um, you know, obviously the game has grown so much, um, you know, obviously you mentioned the, the first period of, of the book being from 1910 to 2007. Since then, it's just gone from, you know, strength to strength in terms of the, the overseas games. Um, what do you see the, the future of, um, you know, the sport and the NFL in, in this country? I think, I, I, I think it's, it's going in a really fun direction, right? With the, um, I forgot what they're called, but they're kind of like the home, uh, you know, they've all got the home countries. I've forgotten the, the exact term they use for it, but yeah. you know, yeah, each, yeah. Each, each franchise is kind of given a country or like a territory or something. Um, so that kind, of, that kind of stuff's really interesting, how they're like essentially trying to tailor countries to different, uh, or different regions to different uh, franchises. 
that's an interesting thing. We'll see how see how that gets picked up on going forwards. It's funny because I actually have been saying low key with the, my like my my almost like hidden kind of dark horse kind of prediction for the NFL going forwards and or going forwards and its uh, expansion was the idea of a, of, a, of a European division. And um, and Roger Cadell then said that of course last month um, or at least alluded to it. And I think that that kind of for me when people always said, do you think there's going to be a franchise in the UK? I've I've kind of always been a bit hesitant because obviously the logistics would be a pain. But if they did four at the same time, obviously that would be have you know huge ramifications in terms of like you know, rosters around the league and whatnot. You'd probably have to do a fantasy or not a fantasy draft, but a, uh, an expansion draft. Um, and you'd probably have to do various things with, with picks and whatnot. And you have to revamp the draft just to get some talent on those teams. But it would make sense from a logistical standpoint just to introduce all four of them uh, and a scheduling standpoint if you could just do it like that. I don't know if that will happen. Obviously, that's an insane thing to pull off. And it would take a lot of planning. Um, so I don't envy anyone who would have to do that. But that would be an exciting, that would obviously be an exciting thing to do. Like imagine there were two London teams suddenly or a team in Germany as well. And then Barcelona or something. That'd be, that'd be crazy. And um, be the international national football league. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of now we're so, um, well, we've been told all about the international player pathway, which has got uh, its influence in, people and players from all around the world to be able to get a, a not an easy route because obviously it's not an easy route you stuff putting the hard work and everything like that but it gives the players an opportunity to be able to to go to these major colleges um, and also maybe bypass these major colleges to then be able to go into the nfl um what was the most interesting stories you sort of heard about people's journey prior to that because that is such a relatively new thing and we know of of, of players like the steelers wide receiver um Williamson, I can't remember, Scott, Williamson. Scott Williamson, yeah, he played for the Steelers and and players like that, I mean, players before him, I suppose. What was the most interesting sort of story you heard about people's, you know, path into the NFL? Yeah, I think, I think the best, the best one or my personal favourite from the, from the book in terms of just like how ludicrous his story is, just, it's unbelievable. The interview that I did with him was, was incredible, was, um, was Menelik Watson, was an offensive lineman for the the Raiders and then the Denver Broncos, and he uh, he he still go he still went to college and, and stuff like that. But it just some of his some of his um, uh, like anecdotes that he had from that journey. You know how he bounced around because he you know wanted played basketball in college and then transitioned to football. Uh, flirted with boxing. Like, it's just unbelievable the whole <laughs> the, the whole thing. I mean, it's that's worth the read alone. Honestly, it's, it's unbelievable. I would say for me the one. It's a classic one because he's so well known, he's so well liked in the NFL community. But just FA Obama, man, that guy mm. and his his story is just um just unbelievable. Uh it kind of just shows that kind of shows the beauty of the NFL. And and I think it's kind of an under I mean it's underappreciated, obviously, because FA is massive, he's a huge, huge guy. <laughs> um, but he's picked that up in like years, you know, had to go from to go from where he was to the NFL in in like two or three years. It's just it's just unbelievable. Um he was probably my favorite one. There was a couple of really great ones when you go back to like the sixties and seventies, um, cause it's the classic, you know, footballers becoming or soccer players, becoming kickers. Um, mm. and you know, cause we get that nowadays still, you know, like mm. ma- my mates will be watching it and they might not know too much about the NFL and they'll be watching it. And they'll be like, how do these kickers miss? Like how did I could make this? Like, <laughs> you know, I could do that. And I'm just like, I, I'm telling you, it's harder than it looks. Like, it's like, <laughs> it, um, but it's sort of like, it was great. I mean, those were, it was really great hearing all, all these different, really interesting hearing all these different stories and there are yeah different lots of different paths 
Um, but I think FA's was, was the one that stood out as certainly being the most, um, had the most obstacles to overcome, I think, uh, on his path. Uh, it's definitely a, an alternate route to the, to the NFL. <laughs> And also as well, it being 1910, I presume it started being, well, got played. I presume it's linked with the war. Yeah. 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 It was too late. It was basically like, that was kind of the, how the sport were introduced over here was mm. kind of servicemen that were, that were out here from the from the States. Um, yeah. The, pretty much that was, I mean, the first game was basically two, uh, I think it was two, uh, two Navy ships basically coming to, uh, who were stationed, stationed in London. They basically played each other um daily mirror sponsored it so yeah shout out my work apparently um <laughs> and then and then from there like it was it there were a few more matches like really big matches that got played as uh, one game is the uh, the best story of the honestly the whole thing was uh best tale is one of the matches got played you know fifty thousand people watched here white city in london um spitfires flew overhead just to get you know to prepare wow. for like just in case the luftwaffe attacked it was like a <laughs> It was just mental, wow. right? And it, and this was these were like army men who were fight who were you know stationed over here for the war, but then they wanted to play American football to improve morale. So it's 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 incredible. I mean, yeah, as you say, yeah, the, the, that's what the the early stages of the sport over here is. For for a long time, it was very much very linked to the military, which I think is kind of uh, kind of poetic, I guess, because the NFL is obviously inherently linked mm. to to the war right like blitzing and and whatnot shotgun you know like this is these kind of terminology that we have mm. um so yeah it's it's yeah definitely linked to the war um and then it kind of probably transitioned around the early 80s you know when channel four was born kind of you know the, the older generation who all you know support the miami dolphins and 49ers like that's that's uh that's kind of them their generation coming through from when the nfl got really popular um over mm. here um that was kind of when it transitioned i guess from american football to the nfl um, if you will. Yeah, so that's so interesting. Like, I, there's a lot of things I've been watching at the minute that have been sort of closely linked to the one, obviously, being this weekend, but it was Remembrance Sunday, which uh, obviously is hugely important here. Um, and again, with Remembrance, I don't believe they do the same Remembrance Sunday as the Americans, but it, the Veterans Day that they have there, obviously, huge ties still to that. And um, it, it, that's, yeah, it's incredibly interesting to think about. The reasons why we love our sport and to think that how much it has progressed to, and and actually how much it's probably ebbed and flowed really because they like said fifty thousand people going to watch it like that's not a small amount of people to go and watch <laughs> game you know in in them times and then the explosion of channel four really then probably the, the dip in the 90s i suppose and then yeah. the re-release of it with the london games coming over in, in the in the late um noughties i mean it's it's really been this journey of the nfl here in the uk and What's been great now is the the journey's not stopping. You know the the Munich game this year, the London games we've had this year have been really incredible as well. The growth that it, it is going at, I mean, it, it, it I mean it's probably lining you up to write another book, Andrew. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All 32 teams have now played here. Now, I mean, could we see a sequel to what what could be happening? What the future could be? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what I'll see what happens. I'll definitely have to um, probably have to think of a different uh, different angle. I think <laughs> the past the past has been the past has been covered now. Um, dark so. dark colouring or that'll be my degree in geography coming into use. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, as you say, it's an exciting time to be to be an NFL fan. Like it peaked, peaked really hard in the '80s. I don't think I ever truly appreciated how how popular mm. it was until I kind of dove into it. Um, and then, yeah, like the explosion of the Premier League uh, kind of killed it, right? Like the f football just got insanely popular. 
um, on these shores again. And then, yeah, as you say, International Series came back. And since then, it's been just steadily, steadily trending in the right direction. So long may that, long may that continue. Hmm. My subscription to for, for NFL here in the UK has always been that it will never get as big as it can be unless the grassroots level gets better, i.e. you introduce it to schools more. It becomes more of a norm amongst people within conversation and amongst people playing it. Do you think that's sort of a fair thing to say, given what you've seen from, from your research of this, is that that could be or maybe should be the next step to growing the game here? Because the expert... Like, in terms of media exposure, we've yeah. got it all now. We've got Game Pass, Sky, Twitter. You know, even when you bet on some of these games, you can watch the full game if you bet. Um, do you think that is, though they are growing internationally and, you're, and you know going to Europe and games like that, do you think that maybe is one of the next steps for the UK to try and... Because that's really what the NFL is trying to do, is they don't really... It sounds so sad and horrible because all three of us are very young men in the world, but they don't really care about our money. Because no. we are uh, that they're creating about the the next generation's money, but but is then going to you know as, as awful that sounds, they're not trying to attract sixty year old, six, 60 year olds or fifty year olds. They're trying to attract you know ten year olds really and nine year olds because they've got eighty years of revenue there, which sounds really awful. But on a business term, that is just what it is. Do you yeah. think that is is maybe the next step for for being able to grow the game here? Yeah, I think so. I think people always kind of jump on the is the next step, you know, the London franchise or European franchise. Mm. And and like, yeah, I think that would honest like honestly, obviously that would be really cool. It that feels way more novel than rather mm. actually being necessary. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like the NFL or, or American football rather as a as a sport is almost like the inverse of basketball, right? Like, you know how we've the NFL has kind of established itself as a popular sport on these are uh, in the uk and the nba has as well not to the same level like doesn't have the nba they doesn't come over here every year doesn't send four or three games over every year um it has a bit more of an underground following i find with the nba or at least you've got a it's a bit a bit different maybe it's because i'm so embedded in the nfl but you never know mm. but it's but then also but we play basketball in schools right everyone plays basketball when you grow up mm. it's in it's in pe it's like a staple of of that curriculum so i think i think you're right i think that's the kind of the next step would be and maybe not even just because it doesn't even need to be tackle football straight away right you could just implement flag football and that's so easy it's such an easy form of game to play uh and you go from that and especially you know they're considering um putting flag football in the olympics going mm. forwards so if that happens i think that just absolutely i mean that would be the greatest the, the nfl really would be absolutely salivating at that idea um because that legitimizes the nfl on a on a global scale really like obviously tackle football is different to flag football but the the, the basics and the theory is the same so i think that's probably the next step that would get kids involved um i went to like a flag football uh festival at loughborough um it was just amazing you know seeing all these kids playing you know seeing these girls balling out and you're just like this is sick like this is this would be really cool to play <laughs> so yeah i think that's the next step i think i think you if you legitimize it in that way um then yeah, it would create like a solid future for it. Certainly, certainly over here. I think, I mean, to be honest, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think I've done a, I've done an amazing job. I think they deserve mm. tons of credit. Like they, they came over straight away when it was kind of like an alien thing still, like still kind of early and they straight away did the, the long-term commitment. Uh, and actually now if you walk around London, you see people wearing Jags jerseys and it's pretty weird, but it's, <laughs> but it's working. And actually you see loads of kids wearing Jags jerseys. So maybe we're going to get a crazy generation of Jacksonville Jaguars fans in. <laughs> In the UK, but uh, the power to them, like they 
the Jags will absolutely deserve that. They put, put a lot of work in. It's good stuff. Andrew, thank you very much. Johnny, thank you as well. The special relationship, the history of American football in the UK. Andrew, where can we find it? Where can we purchase it? Um, Christmas is right around the corner. Exactly. So, you know, if you need something on your wish list, this is definitely the book to go and get on there. I appreciate it. I mean, yeah, you can go get it from pretty much any any kind of bookshop, really. I think it's WH Smith, Amazon, uh, Waterstones, they're kind of the, they're, they're the big guns, right? So I feel like they're, they're mm-hmm. the, 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 the safest place uh, safest place to go or you know ask our santa and we'll see we'll see what happens ask santa we'll see what happens that's definitely <laughs> uh that's definitely the d- diplomatic answer to take that <laughs> when it starts to run out and then all the post offices go on strike ask santa. Um, <laughs> andrew again thank you johnny thank you again thank you both for joining us thank you and make sure you go and check out andrew gamble's book it is fantastic it will certainly be on my christmas list which uh, i'm hoping partners in the other room so hopefully she's heard, heard that we say that very loud and proud so um yeah until then thank you very much make sure you go and t- check that out have a good rest of your week obviously got the fantasy show and the sunday preview show coming this week and until then enjoy the rest of your week